everybody's got a story. As you start to untangle and unwind yours, you deserve support and guidance on that path. Welcome to the Story Healer Sessions. Hey, lovely. Today's podcast is going to resonate with you if you, like me, are a recovering people pleaser and looking to find your own self in this new version of how to human. Amber Stevens joins us today and does an amazing job articulating the stories that so many of us sit with. Be sure to grab a pen and paper so you can pause the podcast, take notes, answer questions, healing the stories, and changing your world. All right, let's start the session. Today on the podcast, we have the lovely Amber Stevens. Thank you so much for joining me here. Well, I'm very honored to be here and be a part of this. Okay, so I'm going to hand you the Story Healer deck, affirmation deck. You shuffle in whatever way feels right. Okay. And when the right card pops up, let me know. All right. And then do I pick it or do you? Okay. You pick it. Okay. Whichever one. Hmm. Oh. Okay. So it's I'm bathed in joy. I am bathed in joy, celebrating the still hidden parts of myself. Well, that is very ironic since what we were just saying before we started this, my 2023 Mm -hmm. is going to be out. (laughs) It's always perfect. It Mm -hmm. really, I mean, like that's the coolest part. And what I love about the cards is you could pull the same card once a month and it would mean something different to you each time. You know, it's going to be more nuanced. There's more layers that come out. Okay. So the explanation for the card in the journal reads... We all have parts of ourselves that are waiting to be discovered. But what about the hidden parts of ourselves we are aware of, but don't feel ready to acknowledge out loud? Too often, these parts of ourselves stay hidden because of shame or fear. When we don't feel safe to be seen as our whole selves, we let these parts live in the dark. If we instead celebrate the parts of ourselves that have yet to be revealed, we could keep them inside with a bright light of potential for the future. Hmm. So there's two questions that kind of get us moving in the right direction here. The first one, how does it feel to look at yourself hidden inside? And the second one, what would it feel like to celebrate the hidden? So I'm curious. This is a very specific card, I feel like. Um, I'm really curious to know, like, how it resonates with you to see it. Well, instinctively, I feel like, I feel it's kind of like I was teasing my husband on the way here. Like, and he's like, he's like, you are really good at talking with people. I'm like, I know. But like, if someone says to me, like, say a bad word, I'm Mm -hmm. like, you goose, (laughs) like my brain goes blank. (laughs) And so instinctively, I feel like I can feel myself wanting just to kind of go blank. But Mm -hmm. because I have been actively for the last two weeks working towards reading 2023 with a different kind of energy Mm -hmm. um it makes me like to feel like I'm looking at myself that's hidden um sad like I want to be seen I want to be heard oh you know and I want to be more than just a mom or a wife like I'm actually a a whole person yeah and so and being a mom and a wife are my two badges of honor like this I carry those with me as Mm -hmm. I'm a good mom and I'm a good wife Mm-hmm. Um, so getting to know who I am again is like kind of scary. Oh, I totally understand that. I really appreciate that sentiment because I think so many people, um, you're absolutely right. It's like leaving the familiar dock of mm-hmm. the role of mom and wife and yeah. how people identify with you in those roles out in the world. Yeah. And like extending towards the unknown. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, before we got started, you were talking about like kind of going back to find, find that version of you from, you know, a few years ago in this, do you feel like that's a part of yourself that was, that you kind of tucked inside? I mean, yes and no. So when I turned 40, my life started to drastically change in a big, big way. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I turned 40, but like months before I turned 40, I, I had some really impactful medical news that Mm -hmm. I received for myself. And so I started being super proactive and I just sped through 
the steps. Mm -hmm. And it was like months and months later, I realized like I had totally Frankenstein myself and I hadn't ever given myself time to really think about what I was doing. I just was Mm -hmm. on a mission of how can I be proactive? How can I stay in control? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that's like the, like the, um, theme of my life is always trying to control all my life and control myself, keep myself like be a good girl, be a good wife, be a good mom, like be very controlled in a tiny box. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like I was told my whole life, like when you turn 40, it's like women is so freeing. And it was the exact opposite. Like after I turned 40, like it was a domino of effect in my life and my family's life of just kind of one Mm -hmm. dumpster fire to the next. Yeah. And so like a couple weeks ago, I just had this epiphany. I like, I just need to start putting out to the universe. Like I need like our family. I need, I need for us to like not have a dumpster fire anymore. I need for us to live fully in joy, not just have joyful moments. Oh, totally. And so Mm -hmm. going back to that part of me where I sincerely felt joy through Mm -hmm. my whole body. um, It's hard to reconnect with that person. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I'm learning how to, I don't have to be happy 24 Mm seven, but I want to be happy sincerely, not just happy when I'm at a market, yeah, you know, or connecting with people yeah, and doing, yeah. yeah like totally. I just want to sincerely be happy because that's truly who my, I am. My spirit is a happy spirit. Mm-hmm. It's just been through a lot that's mm-hmm. kind of shortened that mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. Um, that is such a, an incredibly insightful outlook on something that I think so many people do which is in the pursuit of showing up the way we think people want us to be, we really like forget to bring authentic parts of ourselves along for that ride. Exactly. And so the place you're in now is, God, that is just one of the most beautiful experiences I think we get to go through as humans when we are, we've been running for so long and then we're like, wait, stop. Yeah. I forgot parts of myself and you turn around yeah. To bring those forward with you. Yeah. Like, I mean, just as simple as like, you know, like dancing, you know, yeah. like, I mean, and it's like six months ago, my husband and I were traveling and I was like, you know what I want to start doing is like, we'll take turns and we'll pick songs that we can just dance to. Like we have yeah. to connect somehow throughout the day when you're around and I'm around together. That's not just always like just full-on sex like yeah and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing mm-hmm. but that intimacy of like right of like connecting heart to heart and like being silly being goofy it could be any mm-hmm. kind of song just songs that made me think of him or vice versa or songs that we want mm-hmm. to think of each other with and yeah. um and I can't tell you like for me like it was a it was just a joyful time and it was silly mm-hmm. um but it was like learning to move in my own body again it's like my yeah. body has changed in so many ways just from surgeries, but then also like just as aging, yeah, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, not, you know, we're empty nesters now. And like, we've never, my husband, I've never had a time where it's just been he and I, Mm -hmm. we've been raising kids from the get go. We were already made family when we met. Mm -hmm. And so like, this is all, it's exciting and terrifying, but it's more exciting than terrifying. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And so I just feel like we're kind of like in that honeymoon stage of like, reconnecting and refinding who we are. Yeah. And so it's been a really exciting time. That's cool. Like what I hear you saying there is that in your relationship, it's really mirroring what you're like the past you're walking with yourself too. Yes. Because you're finding these new forms of intimacy with your husband, but dancing and finding comfort in your body again, like those are new forms of intimacy with yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like remembering that I'm, I'm a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and that I'm, you know, yes, I'm 46, but I'm not like 110 and even, even 110, you have a youthful (laughs) soul. You're still going to be youthful, but, but, um, I don't want to look back at pictures any longer and be like, wow, why did I feel like I wasn't good enough in those pictures? Why did I feel like I was too fat or I, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, this is the body I have. This is the body that's that's carried me through 46 years of 
of a lot of trauma, a lot of joy, Mm -hmm. and I just need to appreciate it better. And that's kind of like, I think more than anything, like just celebrating myself overall, not in any particular area really is where this resonates more to me than anything Mm -hmm. is just really being seen and heard for who I really am. Yeah. No, that is so exciting. Like that is the kind of place where we get to when suddenly like the the doors that we hadn't wanted to open yeah. as we were just like, nope, just keep going yeah. one foot in front <laughs> of the other, you know, like yeah. just, oh my gosh, it's got to get better. And then we stop and we're like, wait, no, like throw the doors open on this thing. Like there is yeah. so much here that I haven't even been giving myself access to. That's, man, like that feels just like so freeing inside of me. I can't imagine how that feels inside of you. I mean, it's exciting, but it's really terrifying. Mm. Because yeah. I, I I, have been so put myself like, I don't want to say a box, but I put myself in a situation where, yeah. you know, I have shown up a certain way. Mm. And I've, I've took, I've took on roles in my life and my family that I felt at the time I needed to take on, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessary for me to be in those roles anymore. Like it's, there's a shift Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, I think what's interesting is the relationship I have with people that are close to me that are seeing a change and it's confusing for them because it's not like I've not been talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, the work that I've been trying to do on myself through therapy and just reconnecting Mm -hmm. and doing all the things that, you know, that they tell you to do, like, you're going to feel better if you do this. And it's like, right. Really? Cause therapy really feels like shit, but yes, oh, yeah. but yes, I am feeling better, but, it, but therapy it, only feels better. Any of this work, yeah. the work that I do, it only feels better in hindsight. Yeah. Which nobody talks about. We feel like, Oh, you're going to have that epiphany and you feel better now. And yeah. it's like, uh, no, I was just actually a lot more aware of how shitty I'm feeling. And I have a plan to walk forward, but it's like in yeah. hindsight, you can look back and be like, Oh, six months ago, I was in a different place. A hundred percent. And it's like working through just like, like I had therapy yesterday and I really thought it was going to be a benign session. And I ended up just like ugly crying for 45 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, I, and she looks, we were trying to schedule my next appointment and there's schedule conflicts. And I'm like, well, she's like, well, that's going to be over a month because I'm going on vacation. I'm like, well, that's okay. And she's like, just started laughing. She's like, we just had an intensely rough session and you're sitting here telling me, oh, that's okay. She's like, absolutely not. We're meeting next week and then we're meeting the following week. And then you can have like a two and a half week break from this. And I'm like, and I, I was just, I took pause at that, but then I just, I realized for me that I really have to lean into that and that it's okay for me to, that's the other thing about coming back to myself. It's okay for me to have emotions, even if it makes other people uncomfortable. Oh, I love that. But it's hard. It's really hard for me. Yeah. Like I, like I don't like to make other people sad when they're around me if I'm sad. So I, I, rec- mm-hmm. I hide away or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's important for me to not fight those feelings. I mean, you are speaking on behalf of me and every other people pleaser in the world. Yeah, because that is like, I mean, that's the contract we all signed, right? Everybody yeah. else's emotions before our own. So to claim that and to say, man, this is a thing that I've seen myself do my whole life and I will not be doing it anymore. Yeah. Like I just want, I want to highlight how important that is because it genuinely gives everyone around you permission to start doing the same. Oh, I like that. I never thought about that. Yeah. And that would be amazing because that's all I've ever, like, especially like for my daughter and my son. Yeah. Like, like I, I, um. That's that's what I want for them. I want them to be able to live a full spectrum life, and mm-hmm. it's messy. And I, it's like I get that in my head, and I want that for like the people I love. But then when it comes my turn, I'm like, well, wait, <laughs> maybe like I do like bright colors, but maybe maybe we'll just go back to the black and white because this is all scary. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is so much easier to see that reflected in yeah. everyone else, and particularly our children. Yeah, to look there and say more than anything, yes body it have all of that I am so sorry that I can't demonstrate that for you so you know it's okay you're just gonna have to trust me on it and that's a pretty crappy thing like as I'm hearing that like yeah. that like I'm realizing that you know my my kids are both adults you know and that that they're not they're certainly not dumb they know they I mean mm-hmm. they know that 
I have emotions, but I can remember the first time I saw my mom cry and it was scary. And so mm-hmm. I resonate with that and I don't mm-hmm. want my kids to ever feel scared, but I guess that's just part of life, right? Where I feel scared. I felt scared coming here and yeah. I'm fine. The world didn't stop spinning. Well, and just to like, uh, pause on that idea for a minute, consider that you saw your mom cry mm-hmm. and it scared you. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to give that to your kids, but your kids are not you. Yeah. And you have no idea how they would have reacted to seeing you cry. That's a good point. They might have felt relief because, oh man, I feel like that. Like I see mom there. I feel like that. Oh, now I know it's not just me. Okay. So we, uh, I say it all the time, but we parent our children the way we needed someone to parent us. We are not parenting them. Okay. So if you come to a situation and you could even verbalize I'm worried about you seeing me cry right now because I don't want to scare you. Uh, 99% of the time, your kid will say, what? Why would you scare me? I was thinking X, Y, and Z instead. And I mean, just every single time I've been in this situation. Okay. Because my kids aren't in my brain and they don't have my lived experiences and they're not carrying my history. That's so true. No, you are right. Because I mean, like my mom did the best she could. She was a single mom and Mm -hmm. she did a great job. You know, there's things that, I mean, like I will say jokingly all the time to my girlfriends, like it doesn't matter how good we parent is consistency because all of our kids are going to need therapy. Therapy is not a bad thing. It's like not a punishment, but I mean, at least we're giving them something to work through. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But unfortunately the reality of that is, is that I know that real life already gives them more than enough to deal with. And so, but Mm -hmm. I will, I'm going to carry that with me because mm-hmm. you are right. My children are not me. They did were not raised like I was raised and they have their, they're completely their own person. Totally. And that's a really, I needed to hear that. Awesome. <laughs> I'm like dumbfounded right now with how easy, like what an easy thought that is. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Okay. And you're in the really exciting place as being a parent of grown children. Yes. That is like, unfortunately, it's we spend a lot of time talking about how to parent kids, mm-hmm. babies, kids, even teenagers, a lot of emphasis on that. But then it's like they become adults yeah. and we just turn our parents out like, uh, I guess you're done now. Good luck. And it's like, of course you're not. No. Oh my gosh. So if you saw yourself as a mentor... Mm -hmm. in their lives, I think you would show up with a level of curiosity that would be so excited for them. Because you would be saying, oh, man, I can't possibly know what's right for you. I trust that you do. Yeah. And I want to support you in whatever the right choice is. No, that's a really good way to come at it. I mean, I've tried just because of my own relationship with my mom. I, of course, have parented to them like how you're saying. But I feel like uh, overall, in a lot of ways, what I'm lacking is just that raw honesty of like, Mm -hmm. if I'm uncomfortable with my emotions or trying to not step on toes, because I do recognize what I do see is that they really are adults. I don't see that they don't need myself or their Mm -hmm. dad. I just see that they need us in different ways. And I'm waiting for them to open the door to that. Whereas maybe they're confused and not understanding why. Yeah. Like I've gone not radio silent, but I'm more of like, oh, okay, well, that's an interesting way. You know, like I don't really like, I'm like, yeah. how do you, how do you have just a really open relationship with your children? And yeah, probably just by raw honesty, totally, probably the best way. My 12 year old is going through <gasps> 12, man. No one prepared me for 12. Mm-hmm. I was ready for 13 <laughs> and it showed up early and it totally caught me off guard and like I literally had to get to a place where I had was having a conversation with her saying, I'm not sure that I know who you are anymore, but I'm really looking forward to learning more about this version of you. Oh, wow. Because we were in so much conflict. Yeah. Because I was showing up and parenting her as she had been six months ago and she just wasn't that person anymore. Yeah. And she was having a lot of angst and conflict with me because she's right. I wasn't seeing her. Okay. And so to like be in the vulnerable place, it was really scary to tell her, I don't feel like I know you anymore. 
Yeah. Because that carries so much judgment and shame for me as her mother. Like, of course I should know her. No, I... I, I disagree with that part of it. Mm-hmm. Just, it's how it was resonating yeah, in no, me I, to say the words. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no. And I, I'm saying, I guess where I disagree with that from the outside is, is that like one thing I have known since a very young age is like, you never really know somebody like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how close you are with them. You never really know, like mm-hmm. until like something happens that makes the mask go away. Cause we wear yeah. masks, even in our closest relationships, I believe we wear masks of some mm-hmm. form. And it's to protect ourselves. It's that vulnerability Mm -hmm. that it's a real gift. Um, And I admire people that say that they found somebody that they don't have masks with. Like, there's a part of me that's like, "Mm." (laughs) really, though? Maybe you've just got, like, the translucent mask. Maybe you're wearing, like, an ultra-thin (laughs) troja, but you're definitely wearing something because something is going on there. But, I mean, honestly, I I mean, for myself, what I found is is that we, the people in my life, I we all wear some form of mask and mm-hmm. it's not that we're not fake or fake or something. It's just, it's a, to protect yourself, to protect mm-hmm. that core vulnerability. Yeah, totally. Um, so totally. I, I mean, if you would tell, if you were to say to me, line up a bunch of moms and be like, okay, which mom do you think is a bad mom? I would never be like, Oh, you for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think there are bad moms to be honest. There's not. Uh-huh. Um, but I, that's, I'm glad that you were able to say that. I can't imagine saying that to, to my daughter um, we're mm-hmm. so much alike that I think that that's that rub. Like, mm-hmm. I think that, but I, I do enjoy, I enjoy getting to see her as, as an adult. She's yeah. 19. Is she mm-hmm. technically like legally she's an adult, but she's still such a, a mm-hmm. sweet faced babe to me. Like she's just still yeah. that. Also, uh, we know that her brain is not going to be fully developed until she's like 25, 26. Yeah. So, like, yeah, how, I mean, like, I have so much empathy for, like, our late teens, early 20s kids, because we're like, cool, you did it, cross the threshold, here you go. And they're like, but wait, what? Like, yeah, it's oh like my that, gosh. those questions, like, what do you want to do now? It's like, I don't even know what I want to do now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I, I hate that for these kids, because the reality is, I don't think, very few of us really know what we want to do. And people mm-hmm. that are just, like, driven, and they know, I admire it, but yet I also, like, kind of swim away from it because it's just like I just don't buy into it all the way mm-hmm. um, yeah. because I know I've just never felt like that I've I've been in pockets where like I feel like this is a good place to be mm-hmm. um, I know that I'm getting closer to probably what what do I really want to do and mm-hmm. that'll change as I get older like mm-hmm. I hope it does I hope that I continue to evolve I hope I don't ever just become like stagnant like okay right. this is who I am mm-hmm. and not be open to growth. Yeah. No, I think you made a super important point in there that, um, you know, when we do get really locked into the way we should be or the way we think we are, we have totally taken out the ability to change in there. Yeah. You know? So I love that you're like, cool, my version of my best self includes space to change and grow. Yeah. Like, and that you're giving that to your kids as well as you are stepping back like, okay, cool. I don't have the the day-to-day control over your life that I did. I'm giving you space to grow. Yeah. And so like as you articulate that to them, I am so interested to see what happens as you're like, cool, I am here to be a witness on your path. It is really beautiful. And it's, and, yeah. you know, and that they know, like I do believe that they do know that as long as I am breathing on this earth, they will never have to walk through anything alone. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I hope that they sincerely feel that in the core of their being. Like, I mean, the, they joke all the time. Like, they don't call dad when things go bad because he doesn't always answer his phone. But if I don't answer my phone and they're calling about, like, what recipe did I use two weeks ago? But I missed their <laughs> phone call. They'll start texting each other. Like, have you heard from mom? What's mom did? It's like, it's like okay. <laughs> So obviously they know that I'm dependable, Yeah. but it's that other part of just that unconditional love that sincerely, I do love my children unconditionally. I love them where they're at. Um, that is such a gift. And it's for me, like my mom has loved me where I'm at my entire life. Mm. And I appreciate that. That's like, she gave me a lot of tools to be very resilient mm. um, that I'm grateful for because it's carried me through life that in ways that... I, you know, at the time didn't know it sucked at the time, but going to like getting to those landmark moments of being like, mm-hmm. 
wow, I don't know that I would have been able to like put one foot in front of the other had I not been in, ingrained to me to, you know, every day you have to find a laugh every day, you know, like to be yeah. happy. Yeah. But I want to change that for myself is that I choose to be happy. I don't have to be happy. Oh, I love that spin on it. So, but yeah. it has carried me and I've needed that. Mm-hmm. I've needed, I've needed to know every day I had to get up and find a laugh, mm-hmm. but now it's not serving me anymore because yeah. now I'm kind of like, I'm processing all that icky mm-hmm. feeling of like, even when I'm angry, I still smile. And it's like, no, I'm, yeah, I get to be angry and it's okay to be angry. Mm. I love that. I mean, remind me of that. <laughs> Cause I, I'm still really working on that, <laughs> but it's, it's getting, yeah. it's getting a little easier, but it's still really hard. So that's, um, all right. That would be one of those things. Not articulating. Okay. To back up. That it's okay for you to be angry is a really beautiful thing you've articulated there in that it's something that like your heart Mm -hmm. needs to hear and have permission for. Yeah. And so while we're getting to the point where we can tell ourselves that and it's meaningful, like it resonates and we believe it, you have a partner that is excited to show up for you in all of these ways. So like one thing I've done with JP is... Uh, the phrases that I really needed to hear was that my emotions can get as big as they want to. Okay. And there is still room in the space for it. And so like once I discovered that, I was like, okay, but like when I get upset, can you start by telling me this? <laughs> and like, and, you yeah. know, at first it's totally awkward as he's yeah. giving me a hug and he's like, uh, your, emo- your, uh, your emotions can get as big as they want. And I'm like, yep, keep going. <laughs> this okay this is perfect because I mm because I know Mark wants to show up it's just he doesn't he I mean I think for him it's probably mildly terrifying that totally but honestly I'm so far away from people pleasing mode that I'm just kind of like I don't give a fuck (laughs) like and that's like I don't want to go too far one way or the other but I feel like Uh you almost like I feel like when you're such a people pleaser you almost have to be like double bird everybody everything burn bridges to the ground and then Mm -hmm. be like clean up your wreckage but I don't necessarily want it to go that far mm-hmm. okay so this is a good this is yeah. good so telling the people in my circle like mm-hmm. what they okay yeah and I would um okay so remember that our partners l- appreciate it so much when we give them what my husband calls actionable intel okay here are here are super legit things that he can do to help you so if you're upset and he knows the first thing he can say is you can get as mad as you need to Oh, I mean, I, I suspect in that moment it would undo you probably. Yeah. And if, so if you told him, okay, the next time I'm upset, I want you to give me a big hug and tell me that I can get as mad as I need to. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that he has something really concrete and he doesn't have to fix anything. It's not about making you feel okay. Okay. It's just letting it be okay. Okay. And it's going to be amazing how quickly <laughs> that shifts. It's going to... Okay. Because you know exactly what you need to hear. Yeah. You just stated it perfectly. Okay. You need to know in this new phase of life when you are practicing getting angry about things that you can get as mad as you want. And yeah. people are going to be okay. So now you're going to tell him, all right, I heard from myself. I know exactly what I need to hear. Here's how I want you to show up in this space. Okay. No, that's really helpful because it is true because I, I, that's the part of not being seen or heard is like, you know, that whole, like you, you marry patterns, right? Or you, Mm -hmm. you, you get in relationships with patterns, like even good friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very true because like I would say for my mom, probably she would not off a limb for me not to ever be angry or sad. Mm. And same with my husband, like he doesn't, you know, like being sad is like, the worst for him like he it it breaks him and it's like it's just part of life yeah and how interesting that he married a cancer who being sad is just like breathing it's yeah, just but, like but you have to keep in mind I was raised to always be a happy happy girl so uh, this is a new phase for us like I mean wow. I've had emotions I've not been a yeah, robot yeah. but where like I would be sad I would like I would have a like meltdown like every Mm. so often because it just would be like a like a pressure cooker and then it would release yeah but whereas now it's like um especially like 
working on boundaries with people. Um, and he's having to bear witness to that. And it's like, he, I know for him, cause he's mentioned it, like you've said this before. It's like, obviously I'm still saying it because I, I don't feel heard. Like, I don't yeah. feel like what I'm saying is being listened to, mm-hmm. not necessarily with him, but in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you're my safe person. So yeah, it sucks to suck. You're going to mm-hmm. probably have to hear this a couple more times. I'll try really hard though, you know, to, to not keep me on repeat. But the truth of the matter is, is that like that for me, just hearing you say that is like, I just, I need to be heard. Yeah. And so figuring totally. out how to feel heard without maybe being like a uh, rain on rock with, with uh, my mm-hmm. husband probably would be a good start. Totally. That is such a tricky one. Like I have not successfully uh, found a way to do that in my own relationship simply because like I approached it from the same thing of like, I need you to repeat back to me what I just said so I know that you heard me. <laughs> Turns out that was not the <laughs> that no. was not the move. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think Mark would like that being the move nope. either. Mm-mm. And no. even when it's not anything to do with our relationship or like him, it's like, mm. um, but he's my safe person, mm-hmm. right? And so I, but there are ways. There's there's got to be better ways. Yeah. And so I'm open to those better ways. And so I think totally. that that's what I need to be focusing on more too. Yeah. Well, and I think the more you have the opportunity with him to practice where he's not solving anything, yeah. he's just seeing you in this space, Yeah, the better he will get at not, you know, the discomfort is because he wants to fix it for you. Okay. And you don't want him to fix it. You just want to be heard. Yeah. So this will be a way for you guys to like practice that. It's such a men, women thing. <laughs> you know, I am like... Hate to say that it's it's literally the way we are like gendered and raised to. Well, I I believe that hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I know like how we raised our sons and our daughter was very different, and mm-hmm. our daughter's the youngest, mm-hmm. um, and so it's even more different because she's the baby, and mm-hmm. it's always interesting to me like when Colton will pop off and say something like, "Well, of course, because Bella's the baby," and it's like. I feel like I tried so hard to never have it be like that, but it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, totally. There's those cracks. The in the- patterns. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. So the first question in the journal here, the parts of myself that feel safe and easy to show the world are. Oh goodness. Well, being, uh, always finding the silver lining to things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, being just, more positive than negative I think it's just um I'm a good I feel like I'm I'm a good friend I'm a good fixer those are things that are really easy for me to step into like if somebody's mm-hmm. in need I definitely am reliable I will show up for that person mm-hmm. um I don't I mean I think really just being way too big of a people pleaser has always felt the easiest mm-hmm. because people like a people pleaser Totally. Yeah. Okay. So when you look back, I don't know, you know, a decade, two, three, what's a time in your life when you feel like you really embodied that version of yourself? The part that feels safe and okay to show the world as the people pleaser. Like what, what age do you remember? Like, man, I was really, was really heavy in that. I mean, I would say once I had my first son, um, because I was so young when I had him, mm-hmm. I already was underneath a lot of scrutiny. So I really applied myself to be mm-hmm. the very best mom that I could possibly be. And the, you know, best daughter, best niece, best everything. Like I really, as I wanted that validation that I was not this, you know, teenage mother that mm-hmm. would just like made a mess of her life. Um, ironically, he probably saved my life, you know, I mean, quite honestly. Um, how old were you when he was born? I was nine, well, 18, 19. So, Mm -hmm. um, and like jokingly, both my kids, Colton and Bella have said like, look, we're, we're past 19 and we haven't had kids. (laughs) And I'm like, you broke the cycle. You broke that generational cycle because my mom had me young too, Uh like around the same time. Um, but I would say probably even younger than that, um, as 
a child. You know, my mom mm-hmm. was a single parent. She worked incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. Um, had all sorts of obstacles that she was dealing with. And so I knew I needed to be a good daughter. And so mm-hmm. to I equated that to her loving me. Mm-hmm which is probably the exact opposite. Like in hindsight, I think because my mom has battled depression throughout her life, she never wanted me to struggle. So she thought if she had me be happy all the time, I wouldn't battle those things. Yeah. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. ironic now that here we are. (laughs) Right. And and here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Which is often the way it goes. Yeah. You know, it is, um, we parent from a place of love. But it is to soothe the wounds that we're carrying inside. Yeah. And it just had, you know, that had, her parenting had so little to do with you, even though you were the sole recipient of it. No, and a hundred percent. Cause like, mm-hmm. I know, like knowing my mom's, you know, history and knowing my grandparents and all the ins and outs of that. I mean, a hundred percent. My mom was not raised in a, in a loving home. Mm-hmm. You know, she never felt safe and she, you know, had a really difficult childhood which Mm -hmm. you know I mean doesn't help having a smooth transition into adulthood I don't think she ever Mm -hmm. she never got to be a kid I don't feel like Mm. and then then had a kid and then was very like took good care of me and raised Mm me on her own you know so I think that that she was robbed of a lot of things Mm -hmm. but I hope that I mean, I know, I don't hope, I do know that it's not like this rub for her, but it's something that when I sit back and think about it like that, I can definitely see Mm -hmm. the choices she made were directly from what she needed desperately. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, and it's interesting too, hearing that in the family lineage that she didn't feel safe and she created a childhood for you that from what you're saying sounds like it was incredibly physically safe I mean yes and no I mean oh, I would okay. say but I mean I think overall like my mom so my mom and I've done a lot of work together mm-hmm. um through therapy and then just my own therapy I mean my mom did the very best and beyond of what she could do a hundred percent but I would say that just like how I think my kids would say honestly that best didn't encompass everything that that I needed totally and it's not Mm -hmm. a that's not a uh, negative towards her it's not a negative towards me and I can really see that and I can honestly feel that and see that especially seeing my kids as adults I can really Mm -hmm. see that because I mean I know that they don't sit around blaming me for things in their life or Mm -hmm. but that it's just the reality of it there's ways that I wish I could have shown up differently yeah I wish that I could have heard statements like you're parenting the way that you needed to be parented mm-hmm. um, when they were little so I could have maybe taken pause and changed up what I was doing sure yeah you know I mean life isn't all about rewards and you know confetti and it's not all fun and pretty mm-hmm. I don't feel like I set my kids up for like the reality of of flops and mm-hmm. hard times because we did our best to never have to have them go through those things that's interesting. Okay, so just to like track the lineage there that, um, am I understanding correctly, like the house your mom grew up in didn't feel very physically safe? Correct. Okay, so then she put a lot of emphasis on your physical Like more self. my mental, I think. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. everything was always happy and like that, mm-hmm. you know, big emotions, if they weren't happy, weren't, they weren't safe emotions. Like, yeah. But my yeah. mom would have big emotions. Like, of course, mm-hmm. like, you know, like. I mean, so it's very confusing. Yeah. And even as an adult, it's confusing because I've mm-hmm. married somebody that is similar and like loves yeah. loves hard, but the pendulum can swing to like mm-hmm. big emotions. And mm-hmm. for me, what that does inside is it causes like the tsunami of, of like uncomfortableness, fear, like all sorts of, not fear physically, but just like yep. it feels mm-hmm. foreign because it's not like how we're supposed to behave. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so it's finding It's that. not how you're supposed to Yeah, behave. exactly. Correct. Yes, correct. Correct. Thank you. Yes. Because you had people that could behave that way, yes. but it wasn't for you. And so what I hear you saying is like this time of life is really about you finding that safety in emotions. Yeah. That was not there for you. No. You know? And it it's scary because it feels very unsafe. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like 
if I were to just let myself sit and cry, it feels very overwhelming because it's like, will I stop? I mean, of course yeah, you're going to stop. totally. But it's like, oh, this, I know that like fear this, though. Yeah. Like this ocean of grief that, mm-hmm. you know, from all sorts of things. And it's like, it's very scary. Yeah. Or like when I get really angry, I mean, my kids have seen me get angry, but I don't think anyone's ever truly seen me get angry. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't know that that'll happen anytime soon. Cause it's a very scary feeling. Like when totally. I sit and think about it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. There's a couple things I don't want to forget to mention that, okay. um, hearing like how you parented your kids and what they're going out into the world with, they're going to have the opportunity to rewrite the story of how they trust themselves. Yes. So you gave them access to all of their emotions, (laughs) but you didn't really trust them in the world to navigate the ups and the downs. Because I mean, I made sure there was happy meals there for bad things, you know, like, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, if I went back in time, would I still get them happy meals when they are having a shitty day? Probably. Yeah. But, totally. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree to participation trophies. I wouldn't agree to everybody's a winner because there are winners and losers. And I feel like, mm-hmm. um, I've seen like when my children have had hard times and they feel like they failed, yeah. that it is devastating for them. And, and that's okay for them to feel that way, but it's very scary to bear witness. Like mm-hmm. it takes a lot of, um, self-control not to swoop in and try to make it all better because it's oh not my, my gosh, job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My job is just to love them and to be there as support. And if they say, hey, mom, we're tagging you in. Like, mm-hmm. I, I get that in my brain. But my heart really wants to just, like, anytime that there's a hard time at a college for my daughter, I want to get on a plane. It's like, <laughs> that is the <laughs> wrong thing, Amber. That is the wrong answer. Right? Um, I'm not probably needed or wanted. So, it's like <laughs> so, I mean, in your new mentorship role with them where you are getting – you get the front row seat to all the different changes they're going to go through and yeah. knowing that you parented them to rough out any edges that they might have hit. Now you get the opportunity to say, hey, I wish I'd shown up differently for you in this way. But what I know more than anything is you have incredible resilience. Okay. And when you hit hard edges, I trust that you're going to be okay. Okay. I don't actually have to swoop in and save you. I maybe I never did, yeah. because you were always a very capable person. A hundred percent, and they really, yeah. they really are, and I mm-hmm. really acknowledge that. And I, I mean, that's a good thing though to put into words that maybe they need to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, and it will be good for me to say it because then I can feel like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing the work. Yes, totally. Well, you are. You're like giving language to the new relationship that you're building with them. Yeah. You're like, I am going to lead the way on this. I'm going to say hard things. I'm going to sit in uncomfortable places. So you guys know it's safe to join me here. Okay. That's good. That's a good thing to, yeah. Totally. Okay. So the, uh, the second thing just flashed into my mind that I wanted to mention really briefly about anger and why it's so scary. Mm Mm-hmm is because it is something that like when we've been people pleasers and we haven't let ourselves access emotions in big ways and most definitely anger. Women never get to experience anger. Yeah. I'm making a very generalized statement that I, I understand. No, but, most women don't though. Right, like that is a pretty common thing that you don't have any real access to anger. Yeah. It is so scary because there is a there's like an underwritten part of it that says if you were to really let yourself get angry, people wouldn't be able to handle it and they would leave. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. So if you consider then that there's an emotion that is attached to you being alone in that emotion, like why would you ever get angry? Why would you ever let yourself get truly angry? Because it holds so much like, uh, of rejection and abandonment in it Mm -hmm. that it's like for women I think anger is the most unsafe emotion that they often come up against yeah so that is like super common and really difficult and it is just a matter of like acknowledging it proving to ourselves that we do get access to all the emotions no and a hundred percent and like 
both, it's funny because both my mom and my therapist have both said, like, I need to remind myself that I am worthy of the space. Like, mm-hmm. I am allowed to take up space, whether it's through grief, you know, anger, yeah. joy. Like, I'm, I'm worthy of that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm worthy of, like, showing up and, like, taking up a room full of joy... And like mm. being like, you know, making a fool of myself so people feel comfortable or whatever, like really easy things that are part of my personality, then it's the same as if I need to be sad or if I'm angry, mm. like obviously don't show up to a dinner party and be like a raging bitch. Right. <laughs> but if, but if I'm angry, then it's okay for me to be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way you articulated that. I think that is going to resonate with so many people just that like, yeah, I can conceptualize how it's okay for me to be in this space and be filled with joy mm-hmm. or whatever. Emo- like I get all of the uncomfortable emotions there too. Yeah. That's beautiful. So I love that. I get, yeah. So I need, that's where I'm, that's where I'm trying to lean more into. Mm-hmm. Um, and just not, not necessarily like accessing like radical honesty 24 seven because that is exhausting and yeah. also people don't need to have my radical honesty. Like, right. I'm learning that just because it comes into my mind doesn't mean it has to pass these lips. Right. Um, but that's a hard one because it's like when you're step, when I'm stepping into like, okay, this is who I am. These are like, this is bare bones. Like, yeah, I, it's like, I feel like I need to like explain. And it's like, I don't need to explain myself. Like I don't explain myself when I'm happy. Right. I don't sit there and be like, well, I'm really happy. I mean, I do share, but I don't like, it's not like, and so yeah. this is why you should really be okay with me being happy. Right. I don't like, if I don't do that for that, then why would I do that for mm-hmm. my other feelings that are kind of icky for me to feel yeah. right? Totally. So, oh, that's so well said. So I need to just step more into that. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I'm going to work on that. Oh, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, it's, it it's is. recorded. It's happening. <laughs> also, it is the truth that you know. Yeah. That's why you're stepping more into it because you already know that is the space for you to occupy. Yeah. And anything that is not that just isn't for you anymore. No, it's not. And it's, you know, and it's, I mean, I, I know for myself, like, especially like in the art community, like, I feel very vulnerable, like, unless I show up and I'm, like, super helpful and super friendly, then I, mm. you know, then I'm not wanted at markets. And it's, like, okay, well, if I'm not wanted at markets for just who I am and what I, what my, like, the art I make, then I'm not wanted there. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. Yeah. It still stings because mm-hmm. it's that ego and it's just that I want, you know, I don't want to be the last person picked on the playground, right? <laughs> but sometimes I'm not going to get picked and that's Okay. Mm. And being really okay with that because it's just not serving me to hold on to that energy. And that's like, that's Mm -hmm. part of like, to me, like that part of me just being super vulnerable and feeling like left out of things. Like Mm -hmm. I don't need to like shout it from the rooftops, but acknowledging it and like really letting it go, I think serves me far better than just like, Oh, it's okay. They're just booked. I don't know. It's like it's like no, they just don't like you or your shit. It's okay. You know, it's like it's not that deep. You know, it's like it's, it's totally. just you weren't, you weren't a fit. And yeah, like, and yeah, that's yeah. okay. I mean, that's so powerful, right? Because that means that the the sting of rejection is not something that is so overwhelming as yeah. to shut you down and incapacitate you. It is something that you can navigate. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's held me back. Like, I mean, I realized sure. for myself that I kind of shrunk myself down this last year. Um, mm. you know, and also we're coming out of a pandemic. We're coming out of like, sure. it's a weird time altogether. Yeah. Right. But we're coming out of this t- period where leading into the pandemic prior, like I was so busy. I was always doing markets and I, I think I was too busy. So it's like universe's way of being like, well, maybe like you don't need to do like be at a hundred, like maybe like a 75 is okay. Uh And so I think just not shrinking myself down and letting myself be big and Mm -hmm. not sweating stuff that really just isn't mine to sweat. I love it. So I'm going to try really hard to like, I, I tell myself this. And I can, sometimes I slip back into it, but I'm feeling like it's more, it's becoming more of like my comfort of like sliding Mm -hmm. into there, but it's still, it's still new. It is. I mean, and like to bring it back to the card, I feel like it ties in so perfectly there because what you're talking about is these hidden parts of yourself that you are working to bring to the forefront, Mm -hmm. the, the like full spectrum of who you are, which is really, you know, wonderfully 
positive and also complex and awkward and difficult because you're a human and all humans are those things, you know? So that even if you're not at a point where you're like, okay, cool, I can bring that to the front and fully embody it right now, you're still seeing it on the inside and celebrating that it exists. Knowing that you're moving more towards that and yeah, the full integration hasn't come yet because because it's work. It is work. It is work because it's hard because it's like, you know, especially like with my art, it is a part of me. So it's like hard to not like look at that as a rejection of who you are as a person. Yeah, But it's not really because Mm -hmm. I mean, I... I go, I've been to markets where I'm looking at people's artwork and to me it's art, but it, I, I'm sometimes like, I doesn't connect with me as like, mm-hmm. that's part of like, I mean, it is, it's part of their, it's part of them. Like they've created mm-hmm. this. Like it's, so I, like, if I can remember that that's how I felt in places, then yeah. it makes it less like as a jabbing wound of yeah. like rejection. Totally. And totally. so just not shrinking myself down anymore. Cause I did, I started making myself small. Cause like, well, maybe maybe I've been too loud. Maybe I've done this. It's like, <laughs> no, i just need to be me. Cause that's, yes. that's really yeah, all I can do. I like, so love the imagery with that too, of like, you know, over the past few years of shrinking yourself down and now you're like, cool. I see the fullness of who I am and I am starting to bring that out again, where it's like, you're going to flex that muscle more and more. It's yeah. going to get stronger and stronger. And until that happens, like even if you weren't at that place yet, you can see all of those parts inside of you yes. and love them. Yes. And be like, oh, babes, you all came to the party. I adore all of you. <laughs> and I promise, like, we're going to get you out front. You're going to get to be in the sunlight with me, you yeah. know? Okay. So we ran a little long on okay, time today. Okay, I'm so today. sorry. No, don't be. Okay. There is no problem. Here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I am interested in doing, though, is setting up a session to do a part two where we can finish the yes, questions. Yes, of course. Because they're all interesting and you have wonderful insights to share. Okay. And I think that would be super fun. Okay. okay. Perfect. So we'll do the postcard after the next session. Okay. We have the gem of info that you want to send along with you okay so for this time we'll close it here okay being bathed in joy celebrating the still hidden parts of yourself and we'll pick it up next time and finish working the questions great thank you thank you hey story healer don't forget to rate review and subscribe i'll see you in the next session as we all change the stories and heal our worlds